Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So about Michael Jordan, how you going to hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today we are on part two. Of a good one. Yeah, part two of a good one. Today, every day, every day is a good day. I admit that that's that's life, I guess. Yeah. Uh, part two of the podcast, small forwards, all time rankings. Basically, what we're gonna be covering today is thirty seven to one. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Great players, world class. Some guys who have really good chances of making that top seventy-five all-time list when we eventually uh, do it. Also, shout out to Hydro Flask. They should definitely be our sponsor. Chris loves your products. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, are you, ex- uh, uh, Chris? You're going to start with the first person describe him, and I already have the basketball reference, and then we'll just rotate. Okay, that's fine. Alrighty, so at number 37, we have the only thing I remember for is Kobe scoring 81 on me. Um, oh, man. Jalen Rose. Also, he was remembered for being in, a part of the Fab Five and snitching. But that's besides the point. Um, Jalen oh, Rose man. is an okay defender or below average. He's peaking out um, in the early 2000s, like <clears throat> literally the, two, the year 2000. So the year that he get that. <laughs> Kobe drops 81 on him. That's when he peaks. Um, he's skilled at getting a shot off mid-range and shoot from three very well. He attacked the basket, but he's really gifted as well as a power forward. He's probably a top 20, top 15 passer of all time at the small forward position, which makes sense because he played point guard in college. Yeah, I 100% uh, back those things. All-rookie team, uh, most improved. He just has a really good stretch for... Uh, basically five years where he scores only less than 20 points per game once. Um, yeah, also a really good passer during this time, five to six assists per game. It's just a very, you know, I guess we really value passing here. And uh, so that passing ability boosts him up to number 37. And I am going to talk about number 36. Gotcha. This is a tough name. Delta Del- Shrimp. Um, oh, that left shrimp. That left shrimp. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really phenomenal standstill three point shooter. Good athlete. Six foot ten. Really good defender. Um, he he's also really good out of the post. Hits tough shots very well and also rebounds well. So, not excited to hear you talk about his stats. Um, didn't he play for the Supersonics? Yes, sir. I know who this guy is. <laughs> yep, I know who he is. Alrighty. <laughs> So, 
Three-time All-Star, 1994-1995 All-NBA, two-time Sixth Man of the Year. Um, he had a, let's see if I can get the load, 16-year um, NBA career, um, drafted first round eighth pick in the 1985, 19, <clears throat> in the 1985 NBA draft by the Dallas Mavericks. Um, and for his career, 1,136 games, scored 13.9 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 3.4 assists. And his best season came pretty late in his career. Um, 1992-1993 NBA season, he averaged 19 point. Actually, no. 1994-1995 season, he averaged 19.2 points. Because the other one is 19.1. So he did a point point one better. So I said that was his best season. Yeah, just a very consistent guy over a long period of time. Doing yeah. basically the same things. This is a high-level third guy on a NBA championship, borderline Western Conference level team. Oh my gosh! Did this guy steal Kenny the Jet Smith's <laughs> nickname? Well, considering the fact that Kenny Jet Smith probably would not be a top hundred point guard of all time, I think it's his nickname. <laughs> He's <on> TNT. <laughs> Mm. We are. I'm just on a. We're on a roll today, audience, <laughs> guys. Oh my god! <laughs> Alrighty, so back to this because you guys don't understand what we're talking about because they're reading like a list of players right now. So I looked, yeah. and I commented out loud what I wanted to say in my head. Um, <laughs> so at 35, we had Chet. The Jet Walker. I kind of like that better. It flows better. Chet the Jet. It like rhymes. Not Kenny. The yes. Jet. Anyway. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so six six. When he's younger, um, he's fairly what um, led to be uh, to be able to. I mean, which he, you know, he's fairly able to tackle the rim with ease and a world class mid range shooter, tough shot maker, post mid range, uh, dribble pull ups in the mid range. Just a world class mid range. An end player. Yeah, he's very good at that. Um, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, NBA champion, All-Rookie team. Uh, his NBA championship is with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. No, maybe Philadelphia Warriors. I'm trying to get 1960s. I think those the Warriors. I think that's the year uh, Wilt was uh, playing with them. With them. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah. He's peaking around 22, 22 point, 21.5 points per game. Has a really good career. Uh, six foot six. Rebounds well. Yeah, very good defender as well on top of those things. So, Chet Walker, very good player. Underrated. Yeah. All right. We're going to go into number 34, Xavier McDaniel. He's six foot seven. Really well built physically. He's a good athlete. Um, but he's not a great one, but he's a good one. Uh, he's really good in the post. His physical body helps him down low. He has a good fadeaway. He's an above-average mid-range shooter and can dribble drive and finish at the rim, and I'm excited to hear his stats. Okay. So he played 12 years, another Seattle Supersonic. 12 years in the NBA. Drafted um, in the first round, fourth pick in the 1985 NBA draft. One-time All-Star in 1985-1986 All-Rookie Team. He played 870 games, 
And in those 870 games, he averaged 15.6 points, 6.1 rebounds, and two assists. And his best season came. Actually, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so four times. Um, so in the four years post draft, he averaged over 20 points a game. That's nice. Yep. Yeah, very good stats for that, Chris. Yeah. Very good player for the eighty in the eighties for the Supersonics. Right. All right. I'm ready to hear you break down a Sacramento King great. Oh my gosh. Okay. So at number thirty three, we have Paige Stoykovich. So this guy is six ten with Clay Thompson skill, which is extremely impressive. He's not much of a defender because he's not much of an athlete, but he's a world-class shooter. And when I say world-class shooter, world-class shooter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, look, anything to do with the Sacramento Kings and that 2000-2001 team, I'm in love with it. You're, you're <laughs> our resident expert. You're our 2001 Kings expert. <laughs> <laughs> hey. If we ever get titles on our names... Uh, that'll be yours, 2001 Kings expert. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just be that? <laughs> no, I'll be that. Yeah, I'll be that, yeah you can do that. Peja. <laughs> Man. <sighs> I always talk about Peja. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this guy, um, three-time All-Star, NBA champion, All-NBA, uh, 6'9". I know my bad, 6'10". Yeah, he's only been super tall. Um, he's peaking around 24 points per game. He scores more than 20 points per game four times in his NBA career. Um, his three-point percentage is absolutely ridiculous, pushing f- over 40% multiple times. You could make the argument that if he would have been more of a volume three-point shooter, I'd be like, okay, we're just going to get out of more shots up in the game. I don't care how difficult they are. He'd probably be higher on this list, and we'd be like, man, Page was really, really good. Um, but he was kind of that was before their time in the early 20, 2000s where Montgomery Fumes played like the Sacramento Kings. But uh, I'm gonna kick it to number 32 here. Uh, Eddie Johnson, six foot seven, he's a very smooth athlete, he's very good at everything, he's very good at coming off screens, he's very good at hitting open shots, he's very good at creating his own mid range shots. He's very good at driving to the basket and finishing, and he's also very good at passing. He's a very underappreciated player when it comes down to scoring the basketball. So I'm excited to hear Chris talk about Eddie Johnson. Alrighty. <clears throat> so he was drafted by the Kansas City Kings, second round, sixth pick in the 1981 NBA draft. He played 17 years in the NBA. And on those, and in those seventeen years, he played one thousand one hundred ninety nine games, and averaged sixteen points, four rebounds, and two and two assists. Um, he was the nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty nine Sixth Man of the Year. Hold on, it's just okay. And what else do you have here? His best season. Let me see what his season is. Um, one two. Hmm. Okay, and one two. Three and three times in his NBA career, he averaged over twenty points per game. Yeah, that's a really good career. Um, very good player. Uh, yeah, I mean, just has a really good career and uh, 
yeah, very exciting to hear you talk about uh, number 31, Glenn Robinson. All righty. So Glenn Robinson, number 31. He's 6'7", former number one overall draft pick. He is very athletic. He's kind of like a 6'4", Mark, 6'4", 6'7", Mark, Mark, <clears throat> Mark Aguirre. He's good in the post, has a good feel, and a career off the dribble a little bit. Uh, uses his body and angles to be useful and successful. He can shoot from the three a little bit. He's pretty decent at peak. So he's just an odd sport, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, he is a really good player. Uh Six foot seven has a really long career. Two time All Star, two thousand five NBA champion, All Rookie. Six uh six foot seven first pick overall in the NBA draft. He's a really great consistent career of scoring more than twenty points per game. I mean, geez, he does it maybe eight times. I mean, never scores more than twenty three points per game, but he's an extreme, extremely consistent player. Uh, long career and definitely very well deserving of this list um so yeah it's a very good player here and uh then uh so yeah i'm excited to start talking about the number 30 so number 30 is sean marion Sean Marion is uh, six foot seven. He's not much of a passer. He's very athletic and finishes really well at the rim. He's extremely. Uh, he has a f- extremely good touch near the rim, and uh, he's a world class defender. Guards one through four extremely well. Um, he's also a really good standstill three point shooter. On top of all of those things, so Sean Marion has a very good career. And I'm excited to hear you talk about number 30, Chris. All righty. So he was drafted in the first round, ninth overall pick. Ninth overall pick to the Phoenix Suns. His career length was 16 years. Four-time All-Star, 2011 NBA champ with the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, two-time All-NBA in 1999-2000. Wait, 1999, 1999 to the 2000 uh, all-rookie team. He played uh, 1,163 games, and in those games, he averaged 15.2 points, 18.7 rebounds, and 1.9 assists. And his best season came in 2005-2006 when he played for Phoenix. He averaged 21.8 points. He's also one of... <clears throat> The one guy with the very weird shot who always has a green light. I mean, he's just like, it's just water from from the corner. Um, he's what Michael K. Kilchrist thought his shot was going to be, but it never turned out to be that. Yeah, I mean, uh, very good player. Uh, definitely very well deserving of this list. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm Wait. excited to talk about number twenty nine. Is it Michael K. Girl Chris who shot like this? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, did. He, 
See, he had yeah. a very weird form, but my yeah, he's what yeah, he's what he thought his shot was going to be. Yeah, I mean, if he would have had a three point shot like Sean Marion, maybe he would be like Sean Marion because he's a world class defender. Everybody mm-hmm. knew that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited to uh, get into number twenty nine here. <laughs> uh, uh, number twenty nine is Ooh. Jack Twyman. Uh, <laughs> you know he's six foot six. He's an average athlete, um, but he's an extremely gifted shooter with an NBA three point range. Uh, he's very gifted receiving dribble handoffs. He's a very good set shot. Uh, one dribble pull up. He can turn over either shoulder and make tough shots. He also has a really good running uh, jump hook. And uh, a surprising thing is you would think for what era he played in that he'd be on the top 75 list, uh, even though we think he's better than Billy Cunningham and Paul Arzen. He's not. So, Chris, I'm excited to hear you break down his stance. All right. So he's a Hall of Famer, played 11 years in the NBA, two-time All-NBA, six-time All-Star. 19.2 19.2 points for his career, 6.6 rebounds, and 2.3 assists. And his best season was, ooh, wait, one, two, three. So two times in his career, he averaged 25 points per game. But three times in his career, he's averaged over 20 points per game. So he's a really good scorer. Yeah, I mean, those are really good numbers. Um, and he is a very good scorer. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. To, oh, I think we accidentally skipped uh, number 29. I, Jack Twyman's number 28. Number 29 is supposed to be Michael Finley. I'll just let you uh, uh, talk about him. All righty. <clears throat> so we have Michael Finley, um, another math. Uh he, Michael Finley six seven. He is uh, much more athletic than I remember when he's younger. It's surprising that he was the twenty first pick in the draft. Underrated passer, or when he, when he's peaking scoring wise, he's averaging five assists a game. I, you know, also very good three point shooter. To not a volume one, but a very good standstill one. His shot creation mostly comes from I can dribble, drive to the basket, and finish, or I can dribble and get to my spots in the mid range, and you're hope and you're helpless. He can. Get to a get to a spot, hit tough shots. He can post a little bit when he's older, but is mostly really gifted mid range. So, uh, kind of guy. So, he's just a bucket, a genuinely high class bucket. Yeah, I mean, this guy is has a really good peak for a long period of time with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. He's scoring over twenty points per game multiple times in his career. He's doing that uh, one, two, three, four. Word. Uh, yeah, five times. A really good, efficient mid-range score. Uh, exciting here. I'm 29. Jack Twyman's number 28. So now we're going to kick it to number 27. Uh, Adrian Dantley. So Adrian Dantley, he's six foot five, small forward, so his height is a negative. He is a very good mid-range guy. Ice, ISO player, pump fakes, 
very skilled. He's below average athlete, or you can just say average athlete. He's just very good in the mid-range, tough shot maker, and can create and finish near the rim. His game does not match his numbers. His eye test does not say superstar like his number says. Chris, I am excited to hear the numbers. All righty. <clears throat> so, Hall of Famer, drafted by the Buffalo Braves in the 1976 NBA draft. He played 15 years in the NBA, six-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, two-time All-NBA, 1976-1977 All-Rookie, 1976-1977 Rookie of the Year. Um, he averaged 24.3 points per game for his career, 5.7 rebounds and three assists. And his best season, whoa. So this guy's a little different. This guy has scored 30 points per game twice in his career and has always been at least a point or two away from 30 points per game throughout his career. Yeah, really great numbers. Yeah. Yes, sir. I am excited to hear you break into Hondo! (laughs) At number 26, we have John Havlicek. So you might remember him from our 70s? Yes. He didn't make the list. Oh, he, uh, he was honorable mention. Yes. He was honorable mention. John Havlicek. Um, I know he's a Celtic. Um, he's one of those guys who he came in the NBA and was passing the ball a lot because they he didn't he didn't think that he was good enough to really um, shoot. I mean, like he knew he could shoot, but he just he would rather pass the ball. He thought the guys on the team were better until his team and until his coach came to him. He said, "If you pass the ball again, you're off the team." And then since then, he never stopped shooting the ball, and he has probably will if he hasn't already. Probably go down as one of the. He's one of the most clutch, clutch players in Celtics history for sure, um, mm-hmm. and he's also one of the best shooters as well in Celtics history. Like right after Larry Bird, um, yeah, because like once he started shooting, it was just over. <laughs> he just he never he was hitting clutch shot after clutch shot. They were really really relying on him to hit these big shots for them. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm hundred percent there with you. He's six foot five. Hall of Famer, 13-time All-Star, 8-time NBA Champion, 11-time All-NBA, 8-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, Finals MVP, and made the 75th Anniversary Team. Uh, he's a good player, and he's deserving to make a lot of top 75 lists. But, you know, when you really combine modern NBA and the way NBA has changed, he's 26 here. Uh, it's just, you know, the game's kind of... Had so many great players that I don't really think he's, you know, should be on that list, uh, even though his name is amazing. Uh, Hondo! Scores more than 20 points per game, like five, seven-ish straight seasons, which is extremely impressive. Taking around 28 points per game in the early 70s when he uh, wins another NBA championship post-Bill Russell. Uh, so, yeah. Really... Excited to start talking about number 25. So this is at Peak Podcast, and it's a good thing to remember uh, when we talk about Danny Granger. He's six foot nine, a phenomenal three-point shooter. He shot 40% from the three-point line. 
um, in, in his peak seasons, which is absolutely insane. Just a great set shot, just really good off-the-ball shooter. You pair that with a phenomenal mid-range and ISO game. With his size, you get a very elite score because of his size. You could dribble the basket and finish near the rim. Um, if this guy had uh, had would have had a career without injuries, he probably would have made a push for a scoring title in his career. Um if he just kept on improving, but he's chilling here at 25. Let's hear these stats on Danny Granger. Danny Granger? I remember his time with the Indiana Pacers, though. Yes, sir. That was his peak. That was crazy. Oh, let me see if I can find him real quick. Okay, Danny Granger. All right, so one-time All-Star 2005-2006 All-Rookie, 2008-2009 Most Improved. Um... 16.8 points, 4.9 rebounds, and 1.9 assists. Uh, let's see what we got here. And his best season came in 2008-2009, where he averaged 25.8 points. And then the following season, he averaged 24.1. And in 2011... <clears throat> He averaged 20.5 points. So, yeah, he's a really solid scorer. Um, he doesn't really have any jewelry or anything like that besides, like, maybe all rookie team and most improved. That's the only awards he got. But still a pretty solid player. He just was, you know, was playing during the time where he had to, he was being, he could be dominated by the Lakers or dominated by the Heat. So he really didn't, you know, he just kind of just wasn't in the right space. So, yeah, I mean, really good career, though. Um, really good peak. Very deserving of this list. I, it, it makes me so upset when... Wait, we're talking about Chris Mullen here, right? No. Oh, my bad. I had a brain fart. Um, <laughs> yeah, Danny Granger, <laughs> really good peak. Uh, but that's a good intro, Chris. Let's hear Chris Mullen at 24. All righty. Chris Mullen, he's a Golden State Warrior. Um, so he's 6'6". He is... Uh, Bad athlete or below average athlete um, is a better word to use. Um, I was expecting a Kelly Trapuca kind of guy, but he has much, much greater ability to shoot great for himself. And a guy like Kelly, Kelly Trapuca, he can run all those awful, all of those awful um, off ball, off ball screens with extreme efficiency. But his gifts are shooting tough shot or shooting tough shot making, mid range, great three point shooter. Not much for a finisher around the rim because he's not very athletic. Which is very good in those two areas of the court. It's just extremely great, tough shot maker. Yeah, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame, five-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA. Um, really good career there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he is also from St. John's. I'm pretty sure he might be coaching there right now or had a coaching stint there at St. John's University. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, that is really interesting, going back to his roots. I mean, this guy... Scored more than 25 points per game, five straight seasons. So it's a really elite peak in the late 80s, early 90s. A lot of people probably, huge fans of the NBA, uh, mm-hmm. definitely have him very high. And I am excited to talk about 23. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mike Mitchell. This guy is six foot seven, really good athlete, really tough shot maker from the mid-range. He can mid-post and finish around the rim. He's really great at all of it. He's also a really solid defender as well. He's a big human being, but he's not like built out of granite, but he's just like really ripped. 
Um, he's good with the ball in his hands, can dribble and create, which is very interesting. Seems like a little underrated or not really talked about at all, but a really good forward and just a really good scorer. Alrighty, so getting to the uh, stats of this guy. So we have Mike Mitchell, um, one-time All-Star, and for his career, he averaged 19.8 points, 5.6 rebounds, and 1.3 assists. Give me one second. Let me find his best season. Okay, yeah, so his best season came in... Okay, wait, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven times in his NBA career, he averaged over 20 points per game. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah, good career. Are you ready to kick it to number 22? Uh, Yes, I am. Oh my gosh, is Rick Berry. Yep, another top 75 list maker. Yeah. So this guy has a long career. 12-time All-Star, which is absolutely insane. This guy is a Hall of Famer. He's stamped. He comes in the league averaging 35 year two in the NBA. It's just absolutely insane. His numbers are absolutely insane. Kind of like Elgin, but he did it later in his career. Uh, He was appointed after the – Appointed after the age of 28 or 29 when his athleticism was starting to, to wane a little wane bit. Wane a little bit. Wane a little bit. Thanks. Wane a little bit starting. Uh, started becoming a point for really good passer, creative, tough pass maker. Basically played for the ABA for a little while to had a little bit of a stint. Uh, he's 6'7", very skilled shot creator. Much more like a modern guy than anything else. He can score from the three-point line. He's a very deadly mid-range shooter. But a lot of people are really good standstill with the, with with range shooters in this era, or running off the ball, or taking one dribble off of a pick and roll. Like this guy creates everything off the dribble, multiple dribbles to get to his shot. Tough shot maker, ridiculously tough uh, shot maker. Turns around each shoulder, hits those mid range shots, finishes at the rim with creativity and size and length. This guy is a phenomenal shooter, mid-range. He's a world-class mid-range shooter. That's really his gift. Everything revolves around that. He's a fluid athlete. He's not like a phenomenal vertical one, but very fluid. His free-throw shooting numbers are absolutely ridiculous. This guy is really special, very deserving of the spot, very real-rounded player. Yeah, I mean, Hall of Fame, scoring champion, steals champion, NBA champion, six-time All-NBA, ABA all-time team, four-time All-ABA a rookie, all-star MVP, finals MVP, rookie of the year. He has ridiculous stats like previously mentioned. Uh, as a Golden State Warrior, great. Uh, Rick Barry is very deserving of this spot. Um, an honest like side comment is Rick Barry is a great example of when you're skilled in your era, highly skilled, Usually, that's the kind of thing that, as time goes on, gets passed on very easily. People can develop skill that's better than that in just so many years. So if you're not a high-tier athlete, you're just not going to age as well. Um, That's the reality, even though this guy was a great player in his era. Uh, But, um, 
Yeah, very well deserving of this spot. Uh, I'm up next with number 21, right? Yep. I was honestly really extremely impressed by this guy, Glenn Rice. Um, uh, He is a three-point – his career three-point percentage is 40%, which is absolutely insane. This guy would be better in today's game than he was in the 90s. He's more than just a shooter, though. He is a really good moving off the ball, doing those all, all type of things, and is well coached in that area. But if it was only just that, he'd be much more, lower on this list. But he posts very well, and he also has a really good mid-range ISO game. And he can dribble, drive, and finish at the rim. And he's also a guy who can create off the dribble and hit tough three-point shots rather than just a catch-and-shoot guy. I believe this guy really could have been a great volume shooter in the current NBA. I genuinely believe that he could have averaged 30 points per game or 28. He's also a well-built human being. Just a special small forward of genuine offensive weapon that was just caught in the wrong era, to be completely frank with you. Uh, I'm excited to see his stats. Yeah, so he had a 15-year NBA career, drafted... First round, fourth pick of the 1989 NBA draft to the Miami Heat. Three-time All-Star, 2000 NBA champ, two-time All-NBA, 1989-1990 All-Rookie, 1996-1997 All-Star MVP. Um, He played 1,000 games, exactly. Um, Averaged 18.3 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 2.1 assists. And his best season in the NBA, or let me see, one, two, three. Four, five, six. Okay, so he averaged over 20 points six times in his NBA career, and his best season came with, I want to say, is that the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, 26.8 points per game. Yeah, it's a really good uh, season there. Glenn Rice is, you can make the argument, he's one of the greatest Charlotte Hornet players of all time. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for Christopher Muhammad to break in the top 20 with a guy that's kind of like an upset pick at this number 20 position. Uh, eye test was really impressive. Let's hear what you have to say. All righty. So at number 20, we have Rashard Lewis. Uh, this guy was extremely impressive, six foot ten. We all know he's a great shooter, world-class at that. He is not as great off-ball like Chris Mullen coming off those screens, but he's a world-class shooter. And bucket creator, he's really good out of the post and mid-range. The shots are just absolutely unblockable. And I think since he was such a high-level role player for a long time, it's easy to forget how athletic he was. So you put a very above-average to good athlete pair with six foot ten, phenomenal scoring touch, and can score from every level and extremely efficient at an extremely efficient rate. You get a very great player. I kind of wish that he would have been able to own. I mean, to get to, been able to get his own team pre eight pre. Ray Allen, so that we could have seen him put up a lot of points. His statistical numbers do not match the eye test at all. Yeah, I mean, this is a two-time All-Star NBA champion, um, high-level role player as a shooter for a while when he was older. Peaking out around 22 points per game, has three seasons over 20 points per game, just does it extremely efficient, efficiently. Uh, so, yeah, Richard Lewis is very deserving this spot, and I'm going to kick it to number 19. This is Joe Johnson. Now, Joe Johnson is 95% of Carmelo Anthony as a scorer, but he's a very good passer. 
for the small forward position. You can consider him a point forward and just doesn't get to handle the ball much because he usually had a point guard on the team. But he's a very good passer, very underrated part of his game, is def- decent defender. So when you pair the ISO scoring and 95% of Melo with a good passer, you get somebody who's very deserving in this 19th spot. And I'm excited for Christopher Muhammad to bring us the great stats of Joe Johnson. All righty. So he was drafted by the Boston Celtics in the year 2001, first round, 10th pick. Um, his career lasted 17 years. Actually, I still think he is playing basketball. He's playing in the big three, and there's talks of trying to bring him back to the NBA, but a lot of people aren't completely sure on that. But every time he has a really good season, they're like, yeah, we might bring him back, and then he doesn't come back. So I don't mm-hmm. know is it, if it's the NBA or if it's him. But whatever. I would love to see Joe Johnson back in the NBA. He's a bucket. He, I remember he, like, crossed – I forgot who he crossed. Like, it was, like, really low dribbles, and they reached for it, and he went mm-hmm. by them. They touched, they touched earth. He's just like mm-hmm. – I don't know. He's so creative with the ball. Um, yeah. So, seven-time All-Star, 2009-2010, All-NBA, 2001-2002, All-Rookie. Um, played over 1,000 games, 12 – I mean, 1,276 Average 16 points per game, four point four four rebounds, and 3.9 assists. And let's see about his best season. So I'm not seeing any. Oh, well, yep. It, and in Atlanta, 2006-2007 season, he averaged 25 points per game. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Bucket. That's. Yeah. Yeah. It was a high-level bucket for a long time. For sure. Long, long time. All right, Chris, I am excited to hear you talk about number 18, Mr. Another guy in the top 75 list on NBA's. Now, 18th best small forward of all time on our list. He's going to be on the fringe of the top 75 list. Uh, He's also very infamous for being around strippers. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) All right, Chris, number 18. Let's hear it. He's also infamous for being delusional. You tell them, Chris. Uh, back on another episode of LeBron Bust My Ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the remix. <laughs> All right. <laughs> right? That was All good. Right. That was so at uh, <laughs> number 18, we have the truth. I'm going to stop kidding. I'm going to stop disrespecting this man. <laughs> we have the truth. Paul Pierce. He's definitely a Celtics legend. Um, even though he yes, had sir. like a stint with the Brooklyn Nets and then a really weird time with the Clippers, but that's fine. They don't love you like that. Um, he's six no, foot sir. seven. <laughs> Draymond was right. All right, he's six foot seven, a below average or just average athlete. Good full work, post skill is really good in the mid range. Good at finding his spots and using his body to create space because he is a natural. He has a naturally bigger body. He's always been a really good standstill three point shooter, but not much for like a world class shot creator from that range. Even though he could do it very well, saying that he is a world class that that is wrong. He's just a very well rounded bucket getter. Hit. Uh, his gifts are a mid-range shot creation off the dribble, those types of things, good footwork, and it overcomes his lack of athletic gifts. Also, he has a gift at faking an injury so he can use the bathroom. <laughs> he has a gift at massive shits. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> the wrong situations. Uh, right. 
Mr. Shit himself is a 10 time All Star NBA <laughs> champion. Four-time <laughs> All-NBA. Oh, I was trying to slip that by you there, but I guess it was too big. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's just, it just popping out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> He was an all-rookie team, Files MVP, 75th anniversary team, peaking out around 26 points per game. Uh, scores more than 20 points per game, maybe eight times in his career. Very consistent bucket, Chris. Uh, he also needs a bucket to, <laughs> to to catch all his big shits. But, right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to hear you. Oh, I, I got the next guy. Okay. Yeah. Number 17 is Bernard King. Um, he has a really good mid-range game, uh, mid-range shooter specialist. He can go out of the post and finish at the rim. He can dribble and create. He's an above average to good athlete. He is just a – he is – we've talked a lot about jack-of-all-trade players, but instead of that, he is an extreme – he's just below master level at this mid-range game. Um, he's not Larry Bird or Alex English, but he's kind of just a tier below. Um, he's not Dr. J athletically, but he's just a tier below. Um, so he's kind of like a very good version of a jack-of-all-trades player, um, except the three-point shooting. But Bernard King uh, definitely has the numbers to back this up, and I'm excited to hear you talk about his stats. Oh, I was laughing too hard. Hold on. No, it's okay. It's okay. Understandable. Oh, my God. Why is it not working? Oh. I know he played for the Kings. Uh, in the Knicks. His, his prime was at the Knicks. Okay. <clears throat> so, in his 14 years in the NBA, he was a Hall of Famer, four-time All-Star, 1984-1985 scoring champ, four-time All-NBA, 1977-1978 All-Rookie. And wow, okay, so he played 874 games, and in those 874 games, he averaged 22.5 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 3.3 assists. And his, oh wait, he had a knee injury, what's his best season? Oh, these are all his best season. Wow, he averaged 24.2, 21.6, he had a bad season with Utah, got traded to Golden State. At average 21.9, 23.2, 21.9, 26.3. points per game. That's ridiculous. It's like he's only had two seasons out of his entire career where he's averaged under 20 points. Yeah. Yeah, very good player. Ridiculous. 100%. Yeah. Hmm. Well, three says New Jersey Nets, but that's it. Yep. Yeah. I'm excited to hear you talk about number 16. Number 16, Alex English. Oh, I thought I had the other guy. Alrighty. So, Alex English, uh, one of a kind originator of the triple threat, reminds me of MJ Footwork. Um, His game looks ugly, which would lead a lot of people. Not getting him, but his footwork and ball fix definitely looks like 
Mike was maybe watching this extremely unathletic guy operate, um, which led Mike to steal his footwork and make it better. One of the first guys I've seen look at the opponent's feet before making the move. His basketball scoring IQ and and takes he he has high basketball scoring IQ and takes great angles. Hands down, uh, hand down, man down. He is the originator of the modern ISO scorer. Um, he literally just did the lean while backing down and turning right and hitting a semi fadeaway. This guy is fucking cold. <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> yeah. He's just so unathletic. If this guy had bunnies in the 80s, he would have been bird and ma- it would have been murder magic in English. That's crazy. I remember watching him. Yeah. I mean, this guy is world class. Um, Hall of Famer. You want to know something else ridiculous about the top 75 list? What? This guy retired in 1990, right? Mm hmm. The top 50 list was like in 1995. They made top 50 players of all time. He didn't make it. How? Exactly. Okay, he did not make the top 75 players of all time list either. Why? (laughs) Man, I guess, I guess Paul Arzen is better. You know what I mean? Billy Cunningham? Hey. Billy Cunningham, back in my day, when we weren't that athletic, he was kicking people's asses. Like, come on. I mean, come I, on now. It's because they have jewelry. Just because he doesn't have jewelry doesn't mean anything. Yes. Yes. You tell him then. Eight-time All-Star scoring champion, three-time LNBA. I mean, geez. In a f- one, two, three, four. In a five-year span, he averages 28, 26, 28, 29.8, so we just call it 30. And then yeah. 28.6. That's ridiculous. Whilst putting up four to five assists a game. Like, who? Ah, it's just every time we talk about Alex English, man. This guy's probably going to end up making the back end of the top 75 list, but it's ridiculous. The top When, when you're talking top 50, when they originally come up with it, and yeah. the league didn't have the last 25 years of demigods of shooting the three-point... Like, Have you seen Steph Curry? We have NBA revolution over here. Yeah. He doesn't make the top 50 list. It's insanity. Uh, yeah, it makes me upset every time I think about him. Uh, very underrated player. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go to number 15 to... A player that I was very surprised that I have above Alex English. I'm gonna be honest with you. I I feel like we're we're very anti this guy. Number fifteen is Elgin Baylor. Mm-hmm. Okay, six foot five. All right, Jason. We've been listening to this whole podcast. You've been talking about the small small forwards. Six foot five. Why is he here? Well, he's he's not the athlete that people want to believe. Make you believe. People say he's Mike before Mike. That is wrong. Exactly. Uh, 100%. That is like me saying A equals B and 2 plus 2 equals 5 billion. Uh, it's just not correct. Uh, but why is Elger Baylor here then, Jason? Well, I'll tell you why. He's a world-class passer. Let's. I'm going to be completely honest with you. He's a top five small forward passer of all time. Uh, you you could even say Larry Bird might not be a better passer than him. That's how ridiculous he is. 
extremely gifted in that aspects, can dribble the ball, you know, create off the dribble, finish at the rim, has a good, very good mid-range shot. When you put all those things together, you get a guy that's closer to Oscar that's just kind of out of position here that would be like, okay, if your team's playing small ball, they're just going to make him their power point forward and they're going to call him small forward, but he's basically a point guard. That's what he would be. That's what his gifts are. And because of that passing, and he can still finish at the rim and phenomenal mid-range shooting, he makes it here on this list. It's not because of the otherworldly athleticism that mainstream media wants to tell you. But he's an extremely gifted passer. Now, rebounding, you know, he might have great rebounding stats, but six foot five rebounding stats don't trust. But those passing numbers are ridiculous. It's yeah. extremely impressive. So, yeah, he's just he's closer to Oscar. I I mean, it's hard for me to think of somebody who's six foot five because a six foot five point guard. Now, now we're talking. Now we're getting somewhere. Um, he's just he's a guy out of position here. So. Chris, I'm ready to hear you talk about his stats. Okay, there's one really weird stat that I need to make sense of. So, he was drafted by the Minneapolis Lakers. Yes. 14th round, second pick, 91st overall. Oh my god. Holy shit. Right? In 1956, right? Oh my gosh. That was before uh, Jerry West was a manager of teams. <laughs> he wouldn't have missed on him. All right, you keep it going. Right. Listen, so he, that was 1956, right? And then it says he was drafted first round, first pick, first overall in the 1958 NBA draft. How did the man get drafted twice? That's a great question. Oh. How he get I've only twice? heard of. I've only heard of stuff like that happen if it's like a weird thing that happens. I don't know. I, I that's a good question. I really don't know. Two years later, he got drafted. <clears throat> I I don't know, man. Is this Wikipedia? <laughs> like, <are they laughs> editing it? like, is this not legit? I want to know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So he played 14 years in the NBA. Hall of Famer, 11 time All Star, 10 time All NBA. 1958, 1959, All-Star MVP. He made the 75th anniversary team, and he was 1958, 1959, Rookie of the Year. So he has some really interesting stats because, like, Jason was raving about his passing. I'm going to rave about his scoring because even though he's not Mike, but these numbers, let me tell you. So three times in his NBA career, he averaged over 30 points a game. Mm Mm-hmm. His highest average was 38.3 points, and that came in 1961, 1962 on the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep. Ridiculous. And yes. for the one, two, three. In the, okay, look. So he played 14 years, right? Mm-hmm. 12 of those 14 years, he averaged over 20 points a game. Ridiculous. The first 12 years, he averaged over 20 points a game. Yeah. And then his last two seasons, he still averaged double digits, 10 points a game, 11.8. And for his career, he averaged 27.4 points per game. And he also had ridiculous rebounding stats, 13.5. Yeah, yeah. He was an all-around player, for real. 4.3 assists. Now, I will say that, you know, we did 
you know, very critical of this guy because we heard, oh, he's like Mike, and then we saw the he did the eye test, we watched film and didn't see that. But no. now looking at his stats, I'm like, that's pretty insane. But mm-hmm. he's not Mike. Don't don't make that assumption. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's more of an all around Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And uh high flying David Thompson esque guy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just really would point his passing ability is really, really, really impressive. So, very deserving that spot. And I, we have a controversial guy here at 14, and I'm ready for Chris to talk about him. Alrighty. <clears throat> so, number 14, we have Connie Hawkins. So, this is going to be a controversial ranking. What does this guy do? First things first, interesting life story. In college, there was a scandal that came out that said he was helping a better cheat on games, and basically that kicked him out of college basketball, um, and the NBA would not take him, which was eventually proven wrong, and he won like a million-dollar lawsuit against the NBA. Eventually, because of it, he spent his years with the Harlem Gold Trotters between the age of 20 and 25. Then he started playing for the ABA until he was 27, and then he played in the NBA. In the ABA, he averaged 26 and then 30, in the NBA's first season, he averaged 24. The next year's after that, he averaged 20, which is which is why this guy is on the <coughs> is so high on this list. Oh, <clears throat> why is the guy on this list so high? I'll tell you why. He's six eight and is ridiculously ridiculously athletic. The thing about guys in this era, which he would have been playing if you would have came out as a rookie, would have started playing in 64, 65. And that era played so many minutes, <clears throat> played so much basketball, that the athleticism waned as they played more. But we would have seen highlights of this guy doing ridiculous things at 22 and 23 because what he's doing at 27 is absolutely insane. If you look up his AVA highlights, it's borderline Dr. J-ish, which allows him to do so many creative things on the basketball floor. He has a ridiculous wingspan. He has the ability to hit the mid-range shot, turn around over one shoulder. Post, he's a good rebounder. It's a little bit of a projection, but I truly, I just truly believe that twenty four and twenty, that a twenty four and twenty three and twenty five, he would have been known as a thirty point per game score, pushing over thirty points a game in the NBA because of all those young guys. Rick Barry had a season where he was averaging thirty one as a rookie. Walter Bellamy averaged thirty four as a rookie. Will Chamberlain averaged thirty seven as a rookie. There's a lot of guys that <clears throat> have. Really great rookie years in the 60s because they're playing 48, 45, 46 minutes a game. And then as injuries accumulate and time accumulates, and we see a diminished version of what they were. If you see a 27 to 28-year-old, Elgin Baylor is not going to be as impressive as when he was 23. And that's where I'm going with this. There's some ABA highlights out there that you could find them at 25, and it's ridiculous. He looks insane on the basketball court. He's flying in the air, has phenomenal body control. You Can't shoot a three-point shot, but he can rebound the heck out of the ball, attack the rim, the rim, and finish with the best of them. You have to also remember six foot eight. That height advantage is real when you pair that with a great athlete and a great finisher and a great rebounder. Yeah, and he's also palm the ball extremely easily, like Dr. J. So it's <coughs> it's a guy who's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a complete projection, a little bit based on you know we don't really get to see him. The Harlem, I we don't have Harlem Globetrotters film from that far uh, back, but uh. Yeah, Hall of Famer, five-time All-Star, ABA champion, All-NBA, all All-ABA, All-Time team, uh, two-time All-ABA, uh, and also won the 
MVP in 1967-68. I don't know if that was the ABA. Yeah, it was the ABA MVP. Uh, 26, 30 points per game in the ABA, and then uh, 25, and then 21, and 21 the year after that when he's uh, basically 30. Uh, just really, just never really got to develop and have the time to really see what he could have been when he was younger. Uh, and, you know, he was also rebounding around t- 10 to 8 rebounds a game. So this guy is really impressive. I was really amazed by his athleticism and would have translated really well to any era. So, yeah, Connie Hawkins is deserving of number 14. Uh, probably will break the top 75 list. All right. Number 13 is Brandon Ingram. Um, six foot ten. He's a poor man's Kevin Durant. Let's say 95% of Kevin Durant, which is absolutely ridiculous. He's efficient. Everything's a tough shot for him. He's so tall. Um, he's a great shot creator of the dribble. People really underappreciate his passing ability, which is really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a really phenomenal small forward that deserves to be ranked very highly on this list is just because he's on a bad team. That's why most people don't really recognize him. Yeah, he, he really gets lost in the shuffle because he's on a bad team. And I think that it's time for the Pelicans to just go ahead and move on. I want to see what he looks like now since he's developed mm-hmm. on his own team, and I want to see what he's able to accomplish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the time because he's, he's definitely a star. Is yeah. he should be in the All Star game? You know what I mean. He's right yes. now. Okay, I know it's only six games into the season, right? Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more than that. But he's averaging twenty five points per game right now. Yep. Ridiculous. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was a one time All Star, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, All Rookie, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, Most Improved. You know what I mean? He, MVP caliber player, in my opinion, he, well, possibly in the future if he ever gets up for New Orleans, I mean, because he just he just gets overlooked so much. Yeah. He's another good example of just how overpowered modern skill can be that a guy like this, a small forward, uh, is, you know, higher than maybe his numbers say because the skill development is insane. So, right. yeah, the eye test is so amazing. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> I'm excited to hear you talk about number 12, an NBA champion and a guy that is very good. Let's hear you talk about him. All right, number twelve, we have Scotty Pippen, um, six eight, small four, great instinct passing, smaller than I thought, phenomenal defender, one man fast break, post moves, physicality puts pressure on the basket, can finish so well. Poor man's LeBron, such an explosive player off the first step, he would fit well in positionless basketball. Makes really good extra passes. Yeah, I mean, this guy is a steals champion, Hall of Fame, seven-time All-Star, six-time NBA champion, seven-time All-NBA, ten-time All-Defensive, All-Star MVP, and he made the 75th anniversary team, which was well-deserved. Um, he's peaking around 22, 21, 20 points per game. Um, so, yeah, this guy is... A really great small forward. Uh, definitely a great role player on the Chicago Bulls. I mean, you calling him a role player is an overstatement. He was a really great player on those Bulls teams. He's probably 
the greatest small forward defender of all time, not named LeBron James. Um, he's probably a top five greatest defender ever. You can put him in that conversation. He was ridiculous. Uh, Might have been the greatest defender of the 90s. Uh, insane. Insane. World-class on that end. Great point forward. Attacks the rim with ease. Uh, so, yeah. Christopher Muhammad. It's very fun. And I'm ready to kick it to number 11. The guy who just <laughs> barely missed the top 10 list. Yeah. Number 11 is Jason Tatum. This guy's a world-class bucket. He's six foot eight, extremely smooth, uh, three-point shooter, world-class mid-range shot creator, might be the best in the league right now, or he's in that conversation. He's really phenomenal getting the rim. He's really phenomenal getting to his spots and getting really making really tough shots. Everything, honestly, is a tough shot for Jason Tatum. It's no standstill. It's no, I'm just going to stay here. It's all extremely tough shots. It's really impressive. It makes his numbers even better, even better because every shot on a level of skill, one out of ten out of toughness, is like a nine. It's ridiculous. He's so special. He'll probably touch the top five of this list one day. Uh, and also being a guy that'll probably have scoring titles in the future. Uh, he's already ridiculous. Jason Tatum at eleven. Excited to hear you talk about his stats. Alrighty, drafted by the Celtics. Um, made the Philadelphia 76ers second guess on if they hit the jackpot or not by cashing in on Ben Simmons, which um, I would say they lost it. Um, Surprise! <laughs> two-time All-Star 2019-2020 All-NBA, 2017-2018 All-Rookie, fourth career, 299 games, 19.5 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, and 2.7 assists. And for the current NBA season, 10 games in, 23.6 points, 8.4 rebounds, and 3.3 assists. Yeah, this guy has been always been a great player. And, uh, yeah, it's very fun watching him play. And I'm excited to hear you talk about the first guy in the top 10. Chris, this is amazing. We are breaking the top 10 best small forwards of all time. I'm ready to hear you talk about number 10. All right, number 10, we have the guy who I usually call the most consistently inconsistent player, Paul George. Um, it's amazing how underappreciated this guy is. He carried the Indiana Pacers, in fact, teams to the Eastern Conference Finals multiple times. He's a world-class athlete, very smooth, great change of place player. Uh, six foot eight. he's a phenomenal world-class three-point shooter. He can shot create an extremely elite level and finish at the rim at extremely leader levels. He is like a jack-of-all-trades player, except he's absolutely amazing at all the jacks of the trade. There's guys like Rudy Gay or something along those lines that they're a jack-of-all-trades, but they're not like phenomenal at any of them. Like He's phenomenal at all of them. He's phenomenal out of the mid-range and the post. He's phenomenal shot-creating from the three-point line. He's phenomenal finishing at the rim. He is so underappreciated, and he does it on the opposite end. He does it all on the opposite end. He's a two-time Steelers champion, world-class defender, top ten small fort defender of all time. Yeah, that's Paul George. Yeah, I mean the stats there: seven-time All-Star, six-time All-NBA, four-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, Most Improved Player. Um, yeah, he's peaking out on twenty-eight. You know, he's scoring twenty-eight points per game this current NBA season. Um, what we saw from him in the playoffs last season was a uh, unleashing of what we all thought we could see for him consistently. Um, yeah, his peak is impressive. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to talk about number nine. 
Number nine, Syracuse great is Carmelo Anthony. He is a bulldog. He is so big. I mean, he's like six foot seven, but he's just such a big human being, which leads to being part of his strength. He's athletic enough to get to the rim, but his size allows him to punish people. He is really, really uses that size to maximize to his maximum capacity, which that should be celebrated because he realized he's not a phenomenal athlete like LeBron. So he leaned into being a little bit bigger as a human being and just played with his size and being a great world-class mid-range ISO guy, which is what he is, and he can post really well, and he's a really good three-point shooter. It's not a weakness of his game, but he's just so world-class at ISO scoring that it's just absolutely absolute insanity. So I'm ready to hear Chris break down Carmelo Anthony's stats. A.K.A. (laughs) Mr. Fuck out of here, it's my rebound. So we have Carmelo, one second. Um, 18 years in the NBA, uh, first round third pick, banana banana boat crew, 10-time All-Star, 2012-2013 scoring champ, six-time All-NBA, 2003-2004 All-Rookie, and he made the 75th anniversary team as well. Um, so for his career, he averaged 22.9 points, 6.3 rebounds, and 2.8 assists. And in the 10 games so far played this season, he averaged 16.5 points, 3.7 rebounds, and 1 assist. And let's see. I know it's, this is going to be long. Oh, my God. When he first came into the NBA, 1, 2. Okay, so let's just say that he has more points per game. I mean, more 20 points per game season than I want to count. <laughs> that sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, world class player here. Uh, definitely very deserving of this spot on this list. And I am excited to hear you talk about number eight. Alrighty. At number eight, we have Dominique Wilkins, uh, aka the human highlight film. Uh, this guy is six foot yes, eight, sir. built out of granite. Extremely gifted athlete. He has a mid range game in post. Uh, he's not extremely gifted at either one of those, but his athleticism gives him such a huge advantage, and that makes it good. Uh, he's a phenomenal rebounder, phenomenal defender. His athleticism, athleticism just allows him to score so well and amazingly. Yeah, I mean, this guy is extremely deserving of this spot. Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star, scoring champion, seven-time All-NBA, All-Rookie team, and 75th anniversary, and they messed it up on the 50th anniversary and didn't have him on the top 50 when it came out. Originally, which is insanity. Um, <clears throat> basically, he scores more than 30 points per game twice and has 29.9 one other time. So we could just call it three times. Uh, it's absolute insanity. Atlanta Hawks great. Might be the greatest Atlanta Hawks player of all time. Um, yeah, very deserving of this spot in this list. And I'm going to talk about number seven as we slowly march on to close in on the top five. Number seven is Grant Hill. 6'8", small forward, better mid-range shooter than you probably would have thought. Extremely explosive first step. step has a crossover, which is really great. Um, he's a phenomenal passer. Uh, he, he is not a... He's not like a huge human being, but he's like thinner. He's a better jumper and leaper than you probably would think. Uh, he has a really great first step and definitely 
is a phenomenal point forward. Not much of a post moves, um, but he would have been great in that um, finish at the rim positionless basketball that we currently play in. And I'm excited to hear Chris talk about Grant Hill. All right. He was drafted first round, third pick, third overall in the 1994 NBA draft to the Detroit Pistons. Um, He was inducted to the Hall of Fame, seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, 1994-1995 All-Rookie Team, 1994-1995 Rookie of the Year. Um, 16.7 points per game for his career, six rebounds, and 4.1 assists. And let's see. He's another one of those. Let me see. One, two, three, four. Um, he scored over 20 points per game four times in his entire NBA career. Wait. One, two, three, four, five. Five times in his entire NBA career. Yeah, he's a very, very good player. Uh, very deserving of this spot on this list. And I'm excited to hear you talk about number six. Who barely missed the top five, Chris? Yeah. So at number six, we have Kawhi Leonard. Um, World-class defender. Um, we know he's clutch. We know he's a bucket getter. Um, he scores really effectively for the mid-range. Um, he can knock down three-point shots, but... He's more along the lines that he's going to, you know, kind of get in the post a little bit, hit these mid-range shots, kind of like spin fadeaway type Kobe-esque, Mike, Mike-esque, you know, stuff like that. Like, th- those great players, as they get older, they start developing that shot. So, like, you know, it's to the – I mean, it's not to the level of LeBron, but it's on, you know, it's around the same level as LeBron. Um, uh, I guess you could say he's like a pseudo king. I mean, he won one NBA champion in the East, and they was like, he's better than LeBron. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he went to high school king in Riverdale, so he was always been a king, Chris. His high school name literally is named King in Riverdale. Okay. Uh, Boardman gets paid. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, five-time All-Star, Steels champion, two-time NBA champion, five-time All-NBA, seven-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, All-Star MVP, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, two-times Final MVP, uh, made the Top 75 Anniversary Team. This guy is uh, scoring more than 25 points per game three times, but we all know that when the playoffs comes around, he's always been super clutch. He scored... uh, 30 points per game on the Toronto Raptors uh, NBA title run while having 9.1 rebounds. So, you know, that's an example of his greatness. Um, So, yeah, Chris, I'm excited to talk about number five. Congratulations to Dr. What'd you say? Oh, it's the same. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, congratulations to Dr. J to making top five greatest small forwards of all time. This guy's six foot seven. I think it's important to understand that there are tiers of gifts. Ray Allen and Steph Curry and Reggie Miller are world-class, extremely gifted three-point shooters. And they're a different tier than, like, Patty Mills. Dr. J is a world-class top-tier athlete. He literally looks like he's floating midair. There's just a special gift. The He has a really great wingspan. Can palm the ball, which leads to adds his value. Phenomenal defender, good mid-range shooter, can post well. Honestly, he's such a top-tier finisher at an unguardable level, with and he's so fast and quick. 
prepared with his, uh, uh, complemented by his ridiculous, ridiculous leaping ability that just translates well to different eras, not just one of those guys that's ridiculous gifted uh, in his era. Um, his body control is also something extremely underrated. There's nothing you can do with how well he can finish at the rim. Um, he can un- He's just one of those guys that could walk on a court 5,000 years from now and average at least 20 points per game. Um, so, yeah. Dr. J at number five. Let's hear a legend stats. This is going to be a long list. Yeah, so in his 16 years as, as a player in the NBA, uh, he averaged 24.2 points, 18.5 rebounds, 4.2 assists. He's a Hall of Famer, 16-time All-Star, 1983 NBA champ, two-time ABA champ. So he's won a championship in both the NBA and the ABA. 17 time, not 17, seven-time All-NBA, ABA All-Team, five-time All-ABA, 1975-1976 All-Defensive. 1971-1972 All-Rookie, two-time All-Star MVP, four-time MVP, NBA 75th anniversary team. Oh, my gosh. And then he's had some crazy stats, too. Jeez Louise. Um, So out of his 16 years in the NBA, he's averaged over 20 points 14 times. And his highest scoring year... In basketball was when he played in the ABA. He averaged 31.9 points per game and then followed that up with 27.4 points per game the next year. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. Chris, I am ready to hear you talk about the the fourth greatest small forward of all time. All right. So we have Tracy McGrady, a.k.a. T-Mac. So... T-Mac is, wow, um, I guess he could be put in multiple different, on multiple different lists because he plays so many different positions, but he's really a like, phenomenal shot creator. I mean, one of the, I mean, a great three-point shooter, great score. That's really what he's known for. I remember his time in Houston when he, um, yeah, it was in Houston where I think he scored like seven points or something ridiculous like that and like seconds on the clock and end up beating the the San Antonio Spurs, you know, off of a um not a foul, but it was like a loose ball like in the last seconds and it was crazy. Like he was he's such a score, he's such a machine when it comes to that. Especially during his time um in Orlando. Well he's mostly known for is his time in Orlando, right after when he got his own team and he was dominating in Orlando as well. So um he's just an overall bucket. Um, he, you have to respect him. He's one of those NBA analysts that you have to respect what he has to say about the game because he knows the game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this guy, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, seven-time All-NBA, most improved player, scores 32, 26, 25, 28, 25, 24. He's just such an explosive athlete paired with such high-level skill at every level of the defense is just insanity because, like, it's kind of like Paul George's skill with a much higher tier of athleticism, and Mm -hmm. that's the scary part. Um, So, yeah, Tracy McGrady is a great what-if scenario that if we ever do those type of things, we'll probably talk about them. So, yeah, I am excited to talk about number three, the Trilantula himself. Who is it, Bird or Kevin Durant? Uh, it is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. This man is six foot eleven. 
he has always been a good athlete, but his 6'11 size paired with ridiculous shot creating at such an efficient level is insane. Um, he is a ridiculous, highly efficient mid-range shooting god, three-point shot creation god. Um, it's so hard to compare him to other players because you got to take the greatest part out of certain players to kind of get to him. Like, you kind of got to talk about Alex English's footwork with, you know, six foot 11 size, and then pair that with Dirk's fadeaway, and pair that with, you know, some guards like Mark Price's handle, and then pair that with Mark Price's three point shot and free throw shooting, and you get Kevin Durant. Like, that's how ridiculous this human being is at scoring the basketball. He's also a very underappreciated weak side defensive monster due to his size. Um, he, as he has gotten older and longer in the NBA, he's a very good passer as well. It's extremely close between him and two and three. It's like splitting hairs, but Cameron Durant's ridiculous, and I'm excited to hear his stats. Okay, so he was drafted by the Seattle Supersonics, um, first round, second pick in 2007. Um, he went to Texas for college, uh, played 13 years in NBA so far, 11-time All-Star, four-time scoring champ, two-time NBA champ, nine-time All-NBA, 2007-2008 All-Rookie, two-time All-Star MVP, two-time Finals MVP, 2013-2014 MVP. He made the 75th anniversary team in the 2007-2008 Rookie of the Year. Um, let's see. So for his career, he averaged 27 points per game. 7.1 rebounds, and 4.2 assists. And just in nine games so far this season, he averaged 28.3 points, 8.8 rebounds, and 5.2 assists. Now, he's another one of those guys with, like, too many 20-point-per-game seasons than I want to count. Because <laughs> every single one of his seasons are over 20 points per game. Yeah. In my opinion, I think he's the greatest scorer of all time, and I'll keep on saying that Yeah, until I see something better. True. Yeah, he won the MVP. Yeah, he's averaged. I think his best season was thirty point one points per game, and that was with, that was the third season with Oklahoma. Well, that's his third season with Oklahoma because Seattle turned to Oklahoma. So yeah, yeah, just like a phenomenal career. And Chris, I'm ready to hear about the second greatest small forward of all time. Alrighty, at number two, we have Larry Bird, aka Larry Legend. AKA who's coming in second place because I'm coming in first. <laughs> AKA I'm gonna beat you with my warm up on. AKA the greatest trash, trash talker of all time. AKA probably mm-hmm. the most competitive player in the NBA ever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. how do we describe Larry Bird? Uh, man, he's just an underrated passer. Uh, he's a phenomenal passer, but he's un- very underrated at that. We know him for his three point shooting ability. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, mm-hmm. he's one of those guys who you want to have who you want to take the last shot. You want the ball in his hands. You want him to set you up and, make, and you know, play make for you. Uh, this is what you want out of this guy. And that's exactly what he gave the Celtics. I mean, his clashes with Magic were legendary. Um, mm-hmm. I know Magic came out on top eventually, but this, that Celtics team was built for tough. And, <laughs> 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 and Larry Bird is too. I mean, he, he looks like a plumber, but he's going to give you buckets. <laughs> 
<laughs> he looks like a plumber, but he's going to give you buckets. That was pretty good, Chris. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Larry Legend is, is also a really good rebounder as well. I mean, the guy played 13 years in the NBA, and it was a 12-time All-Star. That should tell you how ridiculous he is. Hall of Famer. And three time three time NBA champion, ten time All NBA, three time All Defensive, All Rookie Team, All Star MVP, two time Finals MVP, three time MVP, Top seventy five Anniversary Team, and Rookie of the Year. Um, so yeah, this guy's numbers are insanity. Uh, never scoring less than twenty points per game, other than two seasons where he's pushing like low nineteens post back injury. Uh, I mean, he's averaging anywhere from 5 to 7.6 assists a game and while averaging 10 to 6 rebounds a game, which is really impressive. He's also a great rebounder as well. So you put all those things together, you get a great player that's very deserving of the spot on the list, probably top 5 greatest passers at the small forward position. And Chris, I know that I have to read the next guy off, but I just want us to freestyle. Jason Terrier here, number one great small forward of all time. <laughs> Jason Terrier is the greatest small. No, he actually will go down in history as probably the guy with the greatest moment in basketball history. Jason Terry? Yeah. 100% because he beat LeBron James in the NBA Finals, Chris, by himself. <laughs> no, I was talking about J- Celtics Jason Terry. Oh, you're talking about getting dunked on. Oh. Chris, who are we talking about here? We're talking about the one, the only, the king. The chosen one. The greatest of all time. LeBron. LeBron dying. King James. Deep in the queue. All righty. What are we doing here? Are you going first, or me, or what you want to do? Man, we could just freestyle it. Just, I'm, I'm just listening. talk together. Man, let's talk about how great this player is. Okay. Greatest small forward passer of all time. Easily. Top five greatest passer of all time. Easily. I mean, I know we did the magic thing uh, once. Do you want me to go through that again? That's fine. All right. Take Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Great player. of his passing ability, take his post moves away, uh, and you add LeBron's twist on it with the post fadeaway. To add Magic Johnson things to Magic Johnson to get to LeBron James, you have to add phenomenal world-class speed, phenomenal world-class athleticism. You have to add great quickness. You have to add phenomenal world-class body control. You have to add the ability to shoot threes because Magic's not great at that. You need to add the mid-range shooting ability. You have to add the ability to drive to the rim with such ferocity that it scares even the greatest of players. You have to add the great, you know, one. Of the, you have to be like, oh, we're both great basketball minds. And you have to add the ability to guard five positions in the NBA. So scoring pass, you know, scoring, you know, like all those athletic gifts and you get LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great example. Like LeBron James is an improver of others, 
And I think people get lost in how great of a scorer he is. If yeah. you want to see the very best version of LeBron James and why he will probably be number one on our top 75 list is watch him in the 2015 NBA Finals. Him in the 2015 NBA Finals was the greatest basketball player I've ever seen in my life because he had Matthew D- that Kyrie Irving was hurt. Right, he got hurt in overtime of Game One. Kevin Love got Kelly Olynyk ripped his arm out of his shoulders socket. So it was literally him, Matthew Delvadova, Timothy Mozgov, and Richard Jefferson playing in the NBA Finals. I think he sent it to Game Six. That is yeah. the greatest series I have ever seen in my whole entire life. He was scoring at such a supreme level, passing, and that's the greatest version of LeBron James we will ever see, in my opinion, is because we we rarely ever get to see him because usually he's like, oh, I got to maximize everybody around me. I got to make sure everybody is perfectly so I can win this championship. So I have to give up a little bit of my own stats to make everybody better. And uh, while I look up the stats from that series, I'm excited to hear you talk about them. Well, LeBron James is, I think I've said this before in a different podcast, he's Swiss Army Knife, you know? Yes. He's the answer to all the questions. He's actually D, all of the above. The, like yes. that's who he is as a basketball player because he does everything so great on the basketball court. I know you feel like okay, we're being biased. There should be other players. I get it. I get it. I get it. But when we talk about making your team better, when we talk about being the most dominant for a decade, when we're talking about dominating, like you're in year nineteen, you're still playing at such a high level. I mean, whatever. It's, all you have to do is take any team throughout history and throw LeBron on there, they're automatically a championship contender. You do you ever notice yes. I understand the media like loves to hate LeBron. It's either you love to hate LeBron or you love LeBron. That's how the media mm-hmm. is split. So yes. no matter what it comes down to, the media can never deny and us as fans and us as haters can never deny the fact that whatever team LeBron goes to automatically becomes a championship contender. They automatically become and they automatically go into the playoff in the playoff picture. He becomes every headline. Yes. Team, it doesn't matter what team it is. It's automatically, uh, it's automatically in every headline. They're talking about mm-hmm. every. Then all of a sudden, the the magnifying glass goes on all the players, and now the people who were just scooting by, now we know your bums. You know what I mean? Like everybody, yes. like we immediately know who every person on that team is now. Is you just have to think about it like that. That's just from a media aspect, from a player aspect. He's what? He's great for the locker room. I mean, like a phenomenal scorer, probably the, in the words of Skip Bayless, the greatest driver of a basketball. I mean, the GOAT. Mm. What else do you want from him? I mean, like he's done it all. His resume proves it. He's been to the finals nine times in a yes. row. Nine yes. straight times. Yes. He only missed it because of injury and because of injury. Same. Yes. Yes. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, that that series, he averaged 35, 13, and 9. Averaged in the NBA Finals against Andre Iguodala, Draymond Green in their prime defensively. Yeah, that was right after the Miami. Against the Warriors. 
with all eyes on him. Yeah. With nobody else to scare the defense. And the crazy thing is he's done that. He did that in 2006, dropping 35, 7, and 6 against the Washington Wizards in the Eastern Co- first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. You want to know one of the greatest moments I've ever seen in my whole entire life, Chris? What's the greatest moment? Eastern Conference Finals, 2007. He drops 21 straight points in the fourth quarter. That's ridiculous. For all of you, he's not clutch. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Get get out of here. There's nobody else I want in the ball in their hands. Yeah. Because he is a force to be reckoned with. Because he is either going to get the greatest shot at the rim you can get at the end of the game, or he's going to create the best shot for others that you can get at the end, end of the game. And everything's just working on his basketball IQ mind. What's the best percentage? And that's the look we're going to get, right? Yeah. That's greatness. His greatness is every single second of every single game is calculated. Michael Jordan had great scoring IQ, but he didn't have Mike Magic Johnson's basketball passing, I make everybody ever greatness gift. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing you have to talk about LeBron James. He is more like Magic than Mike, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Magic's the greatest point guard of all time, but if we're being honest here, LeBron James is the greatest point guard of all time. Uh, he's ridiculous. Yeah. He he's ridiculous. Good. He's so amazing that there's NBA media getting paid millions of dollars just to oppose him. Mm-hmm. It's just the media has skewed so many things about him that just is not true. His stats are insanity. Um, he's literally owns like every postseason stat ever, like accomplishments that you could ever have. Um, yeah, I mean, he is an unstoppable problem. What's his flaw? He is not a great three-point shooter. But let's yeah. let's get to the stats here then. Okay, he's not a great three-point shooter. Then why is career, career three-point percentage 33.3%? Why did he shoot 34, 34, 22 in a 20-game season? Oh, wait, this is playoffs, my bad. Regular season stats. I might have been wrong on that. Let me give me one second. Let's readjust here. Oh, my bad. It's 34.5%. Uh you know, like that's not bad. Yeah, and I think people really over exaggerate the three point percentage because they don't put things into context. Okay, a lot of your favorite players of all time that are two guards wish they could have a three point percentage like that. Oh, do you want an example? Who wish uh, somebody who wishes he had a three point percentage like that, but probably isn't considered a better three point shooter. Kobe Bryant shot 32.9% from the three-point line. And I know Michael Jordan's percentage is lower. Yeah. So the the greatest flaw other than free throw shooting, which is like he's shooting like mid-70s career-wise, is three-point shooting, which is not that bad. Yeah. It's just because it's LeBron James and we have to degrade everything he does. Exactly. That's exactly. the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. It's just insanity. People are do anything to degrade him, but his eye test is world class. Exactly, it's the greatest athlete I might have ever seen. 
paired with the greatest basketball mind I've ever seen. You know, him and Magic have a competition for that. But Magic was an above average athlete, but he's on everybody's top 10 list. Mm-hmm. All time, ever. Greatest point guard of all time. It's just insanity. He's so skilled as well. It's insanity, Chris. What are you thinking? I wanted to go back and touch on a point that I had thought of. Um, mm-hmm. when you were saying that, you know, he's not, when people were saying, when you were saying that people say he's not clutch and that, you know, like he could score at will and things like that. People say he's not clutch and they say he passes on those big moments, but the fact that he passes the ball is setting up for the better shot. You don't understand basketball. Yes. He can't, I mean, yes, yes, you want people like, you know, Mike, who's going to take the last shot. Okay. That he's more of a scorer. LeBron's a scorer and a passer and a facilitator. He's, he's on a different level than Mike right now. So you have to understand that when he drives to the basket, he knows attention is drawn and this creates an open shot. Yes. He could score, but there's an open shot. There's an open shot. There's an open shot that, and that's the best available shot. If you got five people on you and there's nobody over there on the guy in the corner, you expect him to hit that shot. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah. You don't you don't you don't wonder, well, why is Kevin Love taking the last shot? Did you see the people around him? He had yes. the mismatch. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't you can't do that. You can't you can't yeah. you can't you can't judge him based off the fact that he's thinking on a totally different level basketball wise than you are as a fan. Yeah. Oh my god. Way different. Way different than us. And we're the basketball addicts podcast. Yeah. I completely can admit that right now. For sure. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, he does have the moments where the Dallas Mavericks uh, series negatives, yes, but everybody has lowlights in their NBA career. Michael Jordan lost to the Orlando Magic in the Eastern Conference Finals after dropping 55 against the Knicks. You know, then we have Tragic Magic because of the terrible pass he made, you know what I mean? Um, that whole thing, you know what I mean? And you wouldn't expect Magic Johnson to be like, okay, it's the end of the game. We want you to take the shot all the time, Magic. Yeah. Because he's in that role. He's in that role of, I'm going to get the best shot for the team. And, uh, yeah, LeBron James is world-class, man, world-class. Think of this before. They they said that Kobe wasn't a winner. (laughs) Think about that. They said he wasn't a winner after yes. after Shaq left, and he and he was lo- he was on a losing streak. I mean, he was he didn't have a winning season. They was he he didn't know how to share the ball yet. You know what I'm saying? You're not sharing the ball to Smush Parker either. I mean, it's true, but you know what I mean. He had yeah. no way. Else. Oh, he's not a winner. What do you do? Five time NBA champion. <laughs> Come on now, people. The thing is, people love to hate greatness because they don't understand it. Yes. People love to hate greatness. That's a great, great quote, Chris. Do you have anything else you want to say about the great one? Greatest player of all time. He's gonna go. He's gonna be. He's gonna break so many records and make his and make his legacy so unachievable yeah. that we probably will never see another LeBron James. Yeah, it's gonna take a long time for somebody to pass him. You but, gotta pay you know, at least like, nineteen years <laughs> before you yeah. even touch his stats. Yeah, and nobody's it's, Iron it's, Man like he is. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to take a Super Saiyan level guy to come out. Hopefully, I can't wait to watch, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Well, this is the end of the small forwards list. Next will be the power forwards list and a little bit of a teaser. Not the guy you think is going to be one, isn't going to be number one. There's a guy 
that my eye test can't lie, love the crap out of him. He's probably going to be number one. Going to be mind blowing stuff. You're going to want to catch it. Uh, Basketball Addicts Podcast. You guys can find us Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you consume podcast content. Oh, you can also find us on a website. We have our own website now. Yeah. Or you can just hit that Google search, type in the Basketball Addicts Podcast, and you can find us any way you want to. A lot of options there. Um, so yeah, I'm Jason Collins. And I'm Chris Mohammed. And we are the Basketball Addicts. Peace. Out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.